Welcome to the Gridiron Show. It's draft day. We've got some bits and pieces from around the NFL to discuss. Adrian Peterson, Marshall Lynch, Martavis Bryant. But the main focus of today is going through the defensive players in this year's 2017 draft, the top prospects, and our 2017 mock, much like Mike Mayock. We only release it on the day. Ollie Hunter is with me. The boys are down the line. This is the Gridiron Show. Hello, welcome to the Gridiron Show in association with Touchdown Trips getting you in the game. Uh, we're expecting a full announcement of our tour by the start of next week. The nuts and bolts are in place. What it's looking likely we're going to do, just to give you a little inside baseball, is that we're going to do two separate tours that you can do within the same tour to make it more affordable. So you could go on a seven-day tour, which is going to include two NFL games, a college game and a high school game, plus maybe a basketball game as well. Um, and then we're going to do a 10-day tour, which takes in an extra NFL game and an extra couple of little excursions as well. So... That should all be announced very soon. Touchdowntrips.com to register your interest. Uh, we're just getting the final details nailed down. I just don't want to make any promises until it's all in place. But at least one of the games is absolutely like potential championship weekend level type game. Um, coming up on the show, Simon Clancy and Matt Sherry are going to join us as per the usual to, uh, to discuss... Um, the uh, top defensive prospects in this draft and we're going to do our 2017 mock draft and the word mock very much deserves to be used <laughs> in relation to this mock draft uh, that giggling uh, loveliness I don't know what else to call it uh, is loveliness Ollie Hunter morning Ollie morning you've woken me up but I'm fine <laughs> with that it's not like you need a nap on draft day morning or anything no not like we need to I need to charge my batteries fully before watching it with you, with you maybe not at my place though that's what i was confused by i thought you were inviting me around to your place earlier when you first woke up which no you... i would but i don't have i don't have sky or the means to watch it i feel like you just don't want me in your home i don't know why you don't live with anyone else i don't know how i can embarrass you but no i have it's you... just my stink i would happily have you in my home <laughs> just stink and stink at all but um uh, I just don't have the, the wherewithal to watch the draft. I just can't do it. I'll allow it. I will allow it on this occasion. Um, so, Ollie, just before we get into, there's a few bits of news we want to discuss before we get into. Um, one thing is go and check out on the last show, Simon Clancy talked about his Joe Mixon piece he'd done for The Independent. Yeah, God, it's good. It was in yesterday's newspaper and it is now online as of today. So go and check that out. It's about the relationship between the NFL and domestic violence and obviously it not specifically domestic violence in that case, but violence against women, etc. Um, and it's a fascinating piece, really well written, as you would expect, from Gridiron's own Simon Clancy. Um, Ollie, how, just, just how are you feeling on draft day? How are you feeling right in this moment? Um, it's like the calm before the storm, really, isn't it? You kind of, you're sort of waiting for it all to get going, but worried who you're going to pick and where they're going to pick. And then you've got to, You've got to factor in all of the potential trading up and trading down and trying to work that out in your head. It's really exciting. It's the, it's like a, a new baby is going to be born, but you're just waiting for it to be born. You, you know, know what I mean? Do you know what happened to me today that was slightly unexpected? Uh, you went to the gym. 
Uh, no, I did go to the gym, which is always slightly unexpected. I have returned from the gym. Um, but uh... That's unexpected as well. Not in, <laughs> not in an ambulance or anything, though. Thanks, mate. Um, <laughs> I woke up this morning with an unexpected emotion, which was anger. And I forgot. <laughs> anger? <laughs> I, I, angry at Chip Kelly, angry at Colin Kaepernick, just generally angry because. How when can we, you be angry at the Kaepernick? When, when we did our mock draft. He's drafts, standing up for his rights, man. Yeah, no, I'm not angry at that. I'm all for that, and you know that. I, um, so why are you being angry at Colin Kaepernick? If you turn into a Trump supporter? No, What's I'm, going on? I'm angry because I, when we did our mock draft, I tried to give everyone their own teams. And. I was picking for the 49ers, and I'm just realizing with this new move to a 4-3 base system, how desperately we could do with an edge rusher. And it took me back to December the 24th. It took me back to 21-20 against the Rams with 30-odd seconds left and the decision to go for two. Because if Chip Kelly doesn't make that decision, if Colin Kaepernick doesn't make a really good heads-up play to to go for the run to check out of it, then we lose that game. We pick number one overall, and we take Miles Garrett. And so I feel better me, about the world. You guys should have gashed for Garrett. Gashed for Garrett is exactly what we should have done. Oh, I felt a little bit sick when he said that. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I needed the alliteration. <laughs> Couldn't think of anything quicker. Um, um, th- is sh- there any way that they could trade up? No, I don't think they will do. I think that, well, the Browns look like they're trying to get somebody to trade up by talking about this. We might take a quarterback talk, but I wouldn't be that surprised. We we could have done a bold predictions podcast and all of that, but I, I kind of wouldn't be that surprised if a quarterback doesn't go in the top 10. I think like around five, six, the Titans apparently have got some people interested in trading down, uh, trading up into their spots, and maybe that's where the first quarterback goes, but... I'd be re- I'd be stunned if somebody in those first three does actually pull the trigger that early in what is a really strong defensive draft. Well, um, get this, get this. We spoke yeah, to um, Lee Steinberg on the, the NFL show, the Nat Coombs show. Friend of the and Gridiron show, Lee Steinberg. Exactly, Lee Steinberg. The Gridiron Lentus uh, on the Nat Coombs show, <laughs> Lee Steinberg. And Lee, who is the agent for Patrick Mahomes, said that he expects Mahomes to go maybe, definitely in the top half, maybe in the top 10. Nuts. Absolutely uh, nuts. Which is insane. And by the way, now I'll tell you this off air because I don't want to condone gambling, but I'll tell you this off air. Tell me, what do you mean you don't want to condone gambling? This isn't real radio. Okay, that's fine. So, um, there are some betting websites that have draft specials which where you can get Mahomes to go in the top 15. At seven to two. Mm. So when you have a little bit of inside information, yeah, but you're getting that inside information from a man who told us last year that he thought that uh, old big hands might go in the top ten. So you know, did he say that in the top ten? He told us. He, he told us he thought he could go number one overall. So uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. There, there is a lot of bluster involved with these agents. The the kind of final mm. thing on the draft because we are going to be doing our top defensive players in this episode we um we we previously we did this at the end of last week when we released the offensive players and since then we've had the gary and conley rape allegation we've had jabril peppers joining reuben foster in the diluted drugs test issue 
Gary and Connolly, I think that could affect his draft stock, and we don't mention that on the show, so I think we should mention it now, even though at the moment they are just allegations. There's no kind of formal... Mm. Um, you know, they, they're refuting everything, etc., etc. Jabril Peppers, I feel like he will have been tested a lot since then, and yeah, we get into it on Jabril Peppers, so I just want to make that clear now, when it seems weird that talking about these players, we don't mention those things. That's why. Uh, Ollie Lit- well, I just just said with the Jibril Peppers thing, maybe he was doing a gallon a day challenge. <laughs> I don't want to talk any more about your gallon a day challenge. How much you're weeing, the expansion of your stomach. I've heard too much about this over the recent days. Yeah, sorry, mate. Carry on. <laughs> uh, right, let's talk about there's just three bits of news I want to touch on from the NFL. Let's start off with Adrian Peterson. He is a New Orleans Saint. Base salary of $7 million over two seasons, three and a half, split evenly over the two years. Could go up to $8.25 million with incentives. Um, interestingly, $250,000 less than Mark Ingram already on the team. Uh, also less than, this was according to spotrack.com, uh, Frank Gore will be earning more. Theo Riddick, Bilal Powell, Ryan Matthews, just a few of the names earning more mm. than Adrian Peterson in 2017. Before we get on and talk about the other running back that signed and the, and the comparative value, what a fall from grace from a man who was asking for $8 million. What What a kind of reality check for him and was expecting to go to a contender and... I think that the Saints, they've got a really good run-blocking line. Uh, Football Outsiders actually ranked them as the number one last year, even though I think there'll be some Cowboys fans who will do a spit-take at that thought. But, you know, I I think that makes their offense really exciting. It takes some of the pressure off Drew Brees. But it then says to me, right, you've got two picks in the first round. You need to take two defensive players, and you need them to have the impact the Steelers had last year if you're truly to be a contender. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Because... Uh, their defense was absolutely shocking. It's been shocking for about three or four years. Um, Even with getting rid of one of the Ryan brothers, it was still bad last year. So defense is exactly where they need to to sort of load up. When you've got... With Adrian Peterson, he hasn't been the same player for about two years. Injury, we had the issue with um, the domestic violence as well. He's not the same player, and he doesn't. He, he really shouldn't command eight million because we don't know what we're going to get with him. The, I think the the comparison is a bit Arian Foster like, a guy that suffers with injuries. We don't really know how good he is, and then when he comes back, how good is he going to be? So I think the Saints have done well to get him down to three point five. It's worth he's worth that as well because you don't want to piss off Mark Ingram either because. Bringing in Adrian Peterson, Mark Ingram is the number one back. Now they've got potentially two number one backs. It's kind of exciting for Drew Brees. And it also takes the load off Drew Brees as well, because with Tim Hightower, it's definitely an upgrade on him as well. Yeah, I, the idea that it's like it's, he's coming in to take the role of Tim Hightower is ridiculous for me. I get, I get that he's had the year off, and I get that those two games he had before the injury, he was playing poorly, but... He is the, like a kind of a once-in-a-generation type athlete. We saw him come back from a previous injury and play amazingly. I think if anyone's going to come back and do it at age 32 after a year off and be impressive, Adrian Peterson's the guy to do it. And the fact that you can use him in not just a complementary role but kind of a, a two-headed backfield type role is the perfect situation because... As we know, he's not a three-down back. He's not a passing-down back. He is a pure running downs back. And that's why I think he fits in really well if you've got somebody else there. I think for him and for the Saints, it's the perfect sort of fit. Um, 
I just think it really shows that, you know, he's found himself not on a decent... But, you know, he's going to have John Kuhn blocking for him, so... Mm. Well, there you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a victory all round. Um, <laughs> a match made in heaven, and not NFC North link up in the deep south. Uh, now, next up, uh, Marshawn Lynch. Back in the league. Base salary, $9 million. Maximum value, $16.5 million. Now, he is only receiving... Um, a three million base in 2017. Although if it goes over a thousand yards, that goes up to five, and it can go up to eight with more incentives. Also, the Raiders and the Seahawks swap fifth and sixth round picks in the 2018 draft. Uh, Lynch wrote the most ridiculous thing on Twitter. Yes, Lord, twelfth man. I'm thankful, but F just got real. I had hella fun in Seattle, and they said, but I'm really from Oakland, though. Like really, really, really from Oakland, though. Town business. Breathe on me. Um, what I particularly enjoyed was your quarterback yeah. <laughs> quotes tweeting this and putting town business. Good to have you back in the league. I uh, was it NFL bet with you back. You still can't throw further than me though. Town business. Hashtag facts. I enjoyed Very that. funny. Yeah. Very funny. Uh, so th- my question here is, uh, and I put it to you. I put it to me, put it to me. I, I, okay, the base salary, there's a very, a very similar between the two, but you expect Marshall Lynch to earn more than Adrian Peterson this year if he's of value. Which, which team has got the better value between Lynch and Peterson here? Oh, that's tough. That's really tough because I think Marshall Lynch needs those incentives. Um, you know, we're talking his language, the, the money language to to perform better it was quite clear that in his final year as a seahawk his performances had dropped massively and he just wasn't he just what his heart wasn't in it it was disillusioned with the nfl he needed that time off uh who's got Cause, better cause value? See, this is it this is the interesting thing both been out of the league for a year yeah. both of them weren't performing up to their highest level before they left um i, I think the issue is, do I, uh, who do I expect to perform better? I'd argue Lynch because, A, he's got those other guys in the backfield as well, the, the, uh, Richardson and Washington, who I think are both guys that he yeah. can, first of all, they can learn behind him, but also they're complementary to what he does. He's a kind of traditional power back. They are much more of your kind of modern day catch the ball, gadget play. Like They can do all sorts of different things. They can line out wide in the formation. I also think that, the fact the the reason for the contract is, uh, partially is because of Marshawn Lynch's lack of desperation. He was able to just say, "I'm not that bothered. If I come back, I come back. You've got to make it worth my while." Oakland have really made it worth his while. Yeah. Whereas Adrian Peterson was out there going, "Anybody, guys, guys, <laughs> yeah, six million. Hall no, of no, no. All right, have me for five. Hall of Fame <laughs> running back. No, yeah. Anybody? Um, and I think that kind of cost him a little bit in terms of his value. I just feel like Lynch, they've, they've given him that big contract because there is the hometown element to it. And I think that they have, I, my feeling is the Saints have underpaid, the Raiders have overpaid. And maybe yeah. the fact that they're getting an Oakland hero back the same offseason that they announced that they're leaving Oakland and win some of the fans back over and maybe get some of those fans back through the door, you know, Maybe that had something to do with it as well. And I, I like the signing. I just think they've given him 
if he gets those incentives, they've given him more money than he should be getting. He's being paid like a true, true, true top-tier running back. And I'm not sure that I would pay him like that. Yeah, incentives-wise, add it all up, I think they've probably given him about six and a half million more than they should. <laughs> which, is, <laughs> which is massively overpaid. Yeah, I think it's a great shout. Under, underpaid with Peterson. Overpaid with with Lynch. And, yeah, and great, it's, great it's work, a, buddy. And don't get me wrong, it's a back-loaded contract. Like, the base is nine million, only three this year. So he's due to get six million base next season. They might just cut him before that if he's not good. And if he's good, they'll think, well, he's worth paying six million to. So, you know, it, it's kind of swings and roundabouts on that. Yeah, yeah. Right, let's just talk about uh, one of... I, I, the one thing I will say is it does make the Raiders an incredibly exciting AFC offence. Oh yeah, with with the wide receivers, with the with the quarterback, with the yeah, all they need now is a really good tight end. Oh, now, they've got Jared Cook. So <laughs> <laughs> now let me throw out some names at you. Okay, Co- throw them: Kobe Hamilton, Eli Rogers, Marcus yeah, yeah. Wheaton, Sammy Coates, yeah. Darius yeah. Hayward Bay. Yeah. These men are a huge part of the reason why the Pittsburgh Steelers were not a top three offense in the NFL like they had been the previous two years. Well, that's not necessarily a worry anymore. Martavis Bryant is back. He's yet to tally a thousand yard season in his career, but in 2015, he only played 11 games, 50 passes, 765 yards, six touchdowns. He was absolutely brilliant that season. And I truly, truly believe that as long as he is mentally there, and has no more issues that are going to get him banned or anything else. This makes the Steelers the best offense in the league. And how good would a Raiders-Steelers AFC Championship game be? Oh, that would be great. Because one, it would, it would mean that the Patriots are stuffed up along the way. <laughs> but We're so bitter. Se- secondly, yeah, that would be fantastic. Two iconic teams, two great uniforms. Oh, yeah, I'd love that. Martavis Bryant is one of my favourite players. I was gutted when he didn't make the 2016 season. Uh, hopefully it's not another Josh Gordon-esque kind of fall from grace. But some of the plays that he made in 2015, I remember a touchdown, I can't remember who it was against, maybe against the Dolphins, down the right touchline, um, beating various players and ducking in. He's just a fantastic wide receiver, can do everything. Compliments a- Antonio Brown brilliantly because... Antonio Brown is a better receiver with Bryant on the field because you can't double team both of them. And and so uh, let's not forget Ladarius Green, the flashes he showed last year. I know there's still health issues there, but the flashes were enough that you think mm, maybe, yeah. maybe. Yeah, we've, we've, yeah. We've ended up talking for 15 minutes. I wanted to ask you uh, who the best uh, offense in the AFC is, but I think we've kind of said that we think it's the Steelers. And we really should crack on because there's another hour plus of material for the defensive players and for, uh, for the, uh, the mock draft. So, Ollie, before Sadly, we get Sadly, I to think that, the Patriots are quite... The Patriots are up there for the best offense. Oh, yeah, well, I, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. But um, yeah. Matt Sherry's not here, so we don't have to play the ding. Um, ding! <laughs> Ollie, any final thoughts? No. See you later, buddy. Brilliant. Uh, go back to sleep or get ready for work or whatever, and I will literally see you later. For the 2017 draft, follow us on Twitter, at Gridiron, follow us on Twitter, uh, at Will Gav, at Ollie Hunter. We'll be tweeting our thoughts. I've also offered our services to TalkSport tonight. Normally they take them, but I haven't heard anything back. So we might also be on TalkSport. I don't know yet. Uh, otherwise, thank you for listening. Here is Matt Sherry and Simon Clancy. 
So in the last episode, we went through the offensive positions in the draft. Today, we're going to go through the top three in the defensive positions. We're going to do corners, safeties, edge rushers, inside defensive players, a tackle and 3-4 defensive end, uh, inside linebackers, and then we're going to do a snap mock draft. We're going to spend no longer hey, hey. than a minute per pick, Whoa. including what? finding out who Ollie's picking for the Los Angeles Chargers. No, 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 but you forgot something. What did I forget, Ollie? Well, 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 out of all of those things, what else did you forget? Oh, my, well, obviously, Ollie. I forgot Ollie's incredible three posi- three positions of, of sex. Work. Power. Power. The positions <laughs> of power. <laughs> positions of sex was too much for me. I'm not going to lie. Really? Uh, Especially with Gate in the last podcast. <laughs> oh, don't raise it again. Oh, sorry, yeah. Particularly yeah. as I might have cut it out. Uh, I didn't. Wait, don't you, raise you, it. Can I oh. do, you, did an, you did another podcast. <laughs> Hello. Uh, we're obviously well, I, recording I was at a, the same time because I nailing you down to be here for Rubbish. more than one show Text, in phone, the space of a week. Email, WhatsApp, <laughs> I can Telegram. Do it, I can do it, but uh, I can only do it after 10.45 on a Wednesday evening. Utter, you know? Matt, stick up for me. This I've really missed nonsense. Simon. I love Thanks, sorry, I missed you too, bud. I, oh, I love you too, Will, genuinely. Uh, right, let's do it. And let's start off with defensive... Oh, I just broke my pen. <laughs> Do you need it? No. I imagine if you be, you've been up to the loft, some Clancy's headed I'm up at there, work. dusted yeah. off his boxes, brought them down. Well, I don't know if he needs to I'm dust sorry. them off for this draft. I but. know, I know, we just did it, but for the listeners, it was like three days ago, two days ago, however long it was. But I forgot to write down who our top three QBs are. Uh, it's all right. I've got it all. It's fine. Oh, okay, we didn't fine. do a top three QBs either. I specifically decided to avoid it to avoid arguments. <laughs> oh, right. <sorry>. Defensive. <laughs> oh, only because you didn't like Pat Mahomes. I don't like Pat Mahomes. Uh, defensive you back. Like him? You're De- out of order. <laughs> <laughs> He's a really I, hope the I, I shook his hand and he did not have a firm handshake. That's an oh, issue right. for me. Right. That's a big issue. Yeah, mate, you're out of order. Let's talk defensive backs, uh, and let's start off with the corners, because that happens to be the position that my printouts are in the order, even. Um, Marshall Lattimore appears to be most people's number one overall guy. There's also Conley out of Ohio State. In fact, Ohio State representing in a big way in the defensive backfield in this draft. Marlon Humphrey, a lot of people like out of Alabama. Adoree Jackson, Kevin King. Uh, there's, uh, there's some talk about there being a record number of defensive backs going in the first three rounds of this draft. And corner... Simon Clancy is a particularly strong position. It's a, uh, it's a ridiculously strong. And you mentioned about six names, and then you could throw in Tredavious White of LSU, Quincy Wilson, one of my favourite guys at Florida, um, Fabian Moreau of UCLA, Ch- uh, the kids at Colorado, Akello Witherspoon. Chidobia Wuzier. Chidobia Tankersley of Jalen Tabor. Yeah, Tabor's going to fall a bit because he, he runs about as fast as molasses being poured out of a <laughs> sieve. Um, Sidney Jones at Washington, Jordan Lewis of Michigan, Desmond King, who won the Thorpe Award a year ago out of Iowa. I mean, Cam Sutton of Tennessee. It's a great, great cornerback class. And, and yours and my favourite player in the draft, Buddha Baker, is a slot oh. corner potentially as well. Oh, Buddha Baker, Baker, we're talking about slipping him into the slot. I've got him on my safeties list. Yeah, he's on my safety list too, but he's... St- Oh, he's so good. I'm absolutely stunned that Ollie hasn't got excited at the name Buda Baker. I, the, the number of times I heard his name and assumed that was his surname, to find out his first name's Buda, God, I love yeah. it. Well, like Buddha. So yeah. good. Wow, that's great! I love that Ollie learns about the draft through us doing these podcasts. Do you think his middle name is something else beginning with B, and he's a triple B? I I hope so. Wouldn't that be? His name's actually Bishard Baker. 
Oh. And, he's, and Buda's his nickname. But so he's Bouchard he Buda Baker. Oh, that's incredible. So he's our number one corner and safety. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> so with all of those names, I'm going to ask us, and I'm going to start with Matthew Sherry because I went to Clancy first, to try and whittle it down to a top three. Oh, is the agreement that Marshall and Lattimore's the guy that's going to come out of the top? No. Oh, hello. Who are you thinking? Do you, are you believing the Conley hype? I think Conley... Is going to go in the. T- I think Connie's better than Eli Apple from last year. I think I the think issue for Latimer is, is Latimer's hamstrings stuff. are such a concern that I wonder if I want. I mean, I, I wouldn't, but I wonder if teams think that Conley is a safer pick than Latimer, who is a better player, but potentially has injury issues. So we've we've not mentioned Adari Jackson, who who is right up there for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I love him, that but, guy. All right. Did you mention him? He was in my first little he, rap. He's, rap. He, yeah. he's in my top three, along with Quin- probably... Quincy Wilson is in my top three, the kid out of Florida. He's When everybody was talking about T's table early in the year, this is a guy, great size, great length. He's a true press man corner, great route recognition. He's got great back pedal. Um, I, I just think he's a terrific what, player. What I, what I would say on cornerbacks is there's about 10 guys... In fact, there's probably about 15 guys who, in a given year, could be first-round cornerbacks yeah. in this draft. You, you are going to get first-round value in the middle to back end of the third round. Yeah, it's it's absolutely crazy. So, I mean, the the reality is it's another one like the tight ends where it's kind of what works for your scheme and, and what I mean, you've, fits. You've, like, you've got a guy like Corn Elder of Miami who'll go in the fourth yeah. round. Is could arguably be the best nickel cornerback in the draft. And he'll go and in the fourth even, round. You could even project a guy like Melifonwu, who yeah. is considered a safety. He's a potential projection as a cornerback, particularly in a scheme like Seattle, something like yeah. that. I think it would work because he's got the length. So there's just so many guys, and it's all about what fits your scheme. It's, it's again, it's, it's the kind of situation where the guy who might be second on one team's board might yeah. be 12th on another's and, and, you and look vice at- versa. Matt makes a great point there because you look at a guy like let's take Kevin King of Washington, six foot three, two hundred pounds. Another perfect Seattle guy. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's also the, the, the that's also, been the big call for him is the absolutely. idea that particularly if they're going to trade away Sherman or to play opposite him, long outside press, all that stuff. Sa- they love. Could play safety as well though. Fabian Moreau of UCLA, six foot two hundred and eleven, could play safety if you wanted him to. Um, Desmond King. 5'10", 213 pounds, could play corner, could play safety. Chidobi Awuzie could play outside corner, could play nickel corner, could play safety. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's a versatility amongst these players, and that's how, you know, it's probably for a different programme, but there's a wider debate about how the secondaries are changing so much, and we'll talk a bit when we talk about safeties, about these big nickel safeties that are becoming the trend, uh, and the safety position is becoming so important now in, in the modern game. But... These are versatile pieces that teams can move around and, uh, and manipulate to counter the Christian McCaffreys and the Curtis Samuels and these move players that you get on offense. The the Eric Ebro, uh, the um, the guy that from Ole Miss that uh, his name <laughs> Evan escapes me, but Evan Ingram, but those kind of guys. So I, I, I'm looking forward to the safety chat because I'm going to go on a uh, Pat Mahomes-esque rant against somebody that oh, everyone God. else loves and uh, probably look stupid in oh, you know, two I years' time. I was going to say I feel sorry, sorry for Jabril Peppers. <laughs> He's just not that good. I'm sorry. You don't, no, 
But again, we'll talk about every, it in every tackle and sack why, in the backfield was skinned. Not why is one he not of that them, good? Not one of them was because of a move that he made. That's why is why. he not that good, though? I just said it. Right. But, but he's playing, kind of he's playing out of position. Right. Finish on the corners, and then we'll get onto it. Well, I've done on the corners because yeah. it is. <laughs> because you refuse to pick a top three, and there's so many of them that we like. The, the, what we're the, saying the, is, pick a corner in the first two rounds, and you're probably going to get it right. I would go Lattimore, Quincy Wilson, and probably Gary and Conley. Ooh, it's high for Wilson. Oh, it's not. I, I'd have a Dory in my top three. Well, I'm going to let you have a top four and you can have both of them. Let's move on to the safeties and not talk about Drill Peppers and talk about the top two, Malik Cooker and Jamal Adams. There is some thought that we might see the first safety picked in the top five in, what, 11 years, something like that? You might see the first and the second in 11 years because both guys could go in the top five. Hooker might be the best player in the draft, actually. I mean, he is is the closest thing I've seen to Ed Ed Reed since Ed Reed came out. His vision, his range, his instincts, his ball-playing ability. He might, he might uh, have the best hands in the entire yeah. draft, and yeah. he's a safety. He is a, a phenomenal, phenomenal football player. I mean, this is a guy. So he's a one-year starter, essentially. In the two years leading up to this, in actual proper practice, not just you know fanning about, but proper practice, Ohio State coaches recorded him as having 41 interceptions in two seasons. 41. I mean, this is a, that, that's a phenomenal number. And if, if you said that they'd had 12 interceptions in two seasons, I'd be surprised. To have 41 is incredible. He is a single high, free safety. Um, and the comparisons, I don't believe, are unfounded to Ed Reed. He's just range, ball skills, vision from the centre of the field is as, as good as anybody I can remember since the Sean Taylor, Ed Reed days. That, and those aren't, have been the two comparisons, Sean Taylor, Ed Reed. They are pretty lofty comparisons. Um, you consider safety, it's kind of taught the way, what you were saying a moment ago about discussing the development of the position. But I think I was doing some research on this recently. It's only seven safeties taken in the top 10 picks this millennium. Posi- the position this is changing. This millennium. Though. The position is changing so it's much. 2017. It's well worth a discussion about it further along, you know, later after the draft or whatever. Because and, and safety, safety is going to get paid over the next few years as well. Because and, and they are becoming so important. And you know what the other interesting thing is, is seeing the number of teams that are playing nickel packages, dime packages, and that's an extra safety coming in, not just going this is, four corners this, lo- lobbing them this on the is field. What te- this is what teams are going to look to do. You look at Melifonwu, you look at J- Jabril Peppers, you look at Justin Evans of Texas Senate, you look at Marcus May, you look at Josh Jones of NC State, you go right down the list of these players Eddie Jackson of Alabama these are guys that you can play as big nickel guys who can play corner guys who can play like Tyron Matthew guys who can play like Dan Buchanan as an extra linebacker or guys that can play either as two high or single high safeties versatility in the game and you know, take a Melifonwu or a Peppers you can play them outside a cornerback as well and they're not going to struggle it's a phenomenal to to think that you can take a player who can play in five different positions on your defense, and we talk about those matchups that we talked about earlier on to counter these skill position players that are coming out faster and faster every year into the draft. These are the sorts of guys that are now being used to defense these guys. Now it's difficult to ignore the fact that Malik Hooker did have the hernia, the labrum, uh, the double injury, and it's why a lot of people think that Jamal Adams could in theory, go above him in the draft, even though I think most people understand that Malik Cooker is, on tape, the more talented player. But it's a 1-1-A situation. 
Well, except that Hooker was schemed into positions where he made plays. Adams was essentially moved around as a Swiss Army knife to do all sorts of things, to take away an Evan Ingram against Old Miss, to play a single high free safety against Alabama, to play in a two high... Do you know what I mean? When freed up by it's, the it's, scheme, it's like another was every week... Where, and we've said this a lot on the podcast, where it's about what your team does. If you want a, a, yeah. a guy who can play the deep part of the field as a free safety, then it's... At that specific job, but um, Hooker is better than any any single job that um, that Jamal Adams could do. But Jamal Adams can do an incredible amount of single jobs at an incredibly high level. In yeah. that he can play a bit of centre field. He's amazing in the box, as Simon said. You can put him on the line of scrimmage against a tight end and, and let him cover the guy. So the, it's it's kind of choosing whether you want that. Elite at one really important skill set, like ridiculously elite, or whether you want a guy who will be very good border on an elite at a number of different things, and you can move him around the defense. Simon, I mean, it will knock you out as well. Simon, what I'm, what you're saying is Mama's that if out, Jamal so. Adams, if he was perhaps playing for Ohio State, he would have had maybe the same impact as Malik Hooker? Potentially, because he could potentially play. I don't think he's got quite the range and quite the vision and the hands that ha- that that Hooker has I mean Hooker you look at him and you Marcus Williams of Utah is another guy top 40 guy who you know is just a pure single high free safety ball player great instincts great vision Adams by and Peppers to a lesser extent are so versatile that you can do four or five jobs and uh, and the reason that Peppers perhaps didn't have the the numbers that people talk about is that he was such a jack of all trades such a Swiss army knife that he was there to cover positions of weakness for Michigan I mean that was well-known, well-admitted by Jim Harbaugh and whatever, way before Peppers even decided to declare. And, and what, that's what, what he does was that doing. Say, what does that say about him? It Happy says that he's incredibly selfless. Selfless. Stock down the line to, for the good of the team. Who doesn't want a guy like that in their team? Utterly and that's selfless. the kind of thing that NFL teams and GMs and head coaches love. I'll tell you this about Jabril Peppers. He is an alpha male. He's the sort of guy that coaches are going to absolutely love. Because right. he, oh, so he now we know Will Gavin doesn't like him. So let's... Uh, oh. so, here we go. <laughs> Anyone who's more of an alpha male than this guy. I might be the least alpha male I know, but um, look, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying I actually dislike Jabril Peppers. I was overstating that. You told I, us that I, early. I can see him. that he is a good player but my problem is is the way he's being projected a lot of talk about the idea that he's going to come in and be one of these money backers as they like to call them in some parts of the country this linebacker safety hybrid for me he looks undersized to do that and I I know he's physical for his size but he's not gone up against NFL players I'm not sure how good he's going to be in coverage against those big tight ends which they're talking about and the problem is is everyone wants to say well look he's a safety and he's got absolutely like terrible stats when it comes to passes defended and interceptions in particular. But look but how, he's not but a, look how great. He's not Let posi- me finish, Simon Clancy. <laughs> but look at how good he is in terms of tackles for loss and in terms of tackle numbers overall. I watched it. So, and you let me finish as well, Matt Sherry. It's not all about statistics. Listen, I went back but, but, and I watched but, 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 a cut together of all of his tackles for loss, sacks, over the last two seasons, and there is not a single one of them where he made a power move, made a pass rush move, where he did something that made me go, wow, it was the Michigan scheme that opened him up. And sometimes players like that, it's because they're not the most talented player. It's because they're not the most (laughs) talented player on the team. That they Look, 
Uh, we have let you talk for some extended <laughs> periods of time. Oh, uh, really? I, at one point, I went out and got a pen off Ollie, came back, ate an egg, and opened another beer, all while you I'm, were talking. And I'm Sometimes, still dropping knowledge. players like that are schemed open by really good teams because actually <laughs> they're not <laughs> the strongest player on their team. And they've been made to look good. And I think there's some concern for me that Peppers is that guy. And I'm not having him being a guy who some people at one point were talking about being I'm not having it. And a, a, a top, like a midway through the first round type prospect. If you get him in he the second round, I think, well up. done, you've got value. He probably will go midway through the first round, first of all. And secondly, it is also the Christian McCaffrey effect in that there are so many things that he can do that you will find one. And, and that includes potentially being a an jack NFL of all trades, back. master of none. Could be could be a running back's going to be a great like return Will man. radio career. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's, that. <laughs> and he's, he's just a football player as well. That, and there's a lot to be said for that. He's is a guy there? who knows. Yeah, of course there is. He's just well, a football player. There's a lot to be said for that. Because that, to me, sounds like the kind of thing that people throw out there on NFL Network two, 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 two to try and justify where they like a player without being able to tell us why. Two of the perfect fits for him are Houston and Miami. You look at Houston, they run this kind of high-volume set of plays out of a dime package, and they essentially bring in... They take one of their linebackers off the field and put Eddie... Ple- I think it's Eddie Pleasant as a safety in, as their kind of dime linebacker. And he yeah. drops into coverage, he rushes the passer, he lines up inside the box against the run... Peppers could easily do that. Same in Miami. He could easily play. He could play single high safety as Rashad Jones goes into the box. He could play nickel. He can play outside in a corner. He can play that big nickel as an extra linebacker. I mean, the Dolphins played two linebackers most of the season, so he could cut, step into the box and play as a third linebacker. I think you've just got to think a bit more creatively about how it's not all about statistics. And, and I know that part of what you were saying was in jest, but, you know, does he have a value as a specific player in the terms that we always think about oh he must be a safety or he must be a cornerback or he must be a nose tackle or or, or is it do we just have to the, the way that the game is changing we suddenly have to think a bit differently about you know Simon how Clancy, are working nothing that I say is ever in jest uh, yeah okay I've heard some of your <laughs> terrible jokes uh, is, uh, are we, so are we projecting just out of interest Obi Melifonwu as a corner at this point because no. we talked about him a bit then but I, I have him down as a corner, safety he, I have him as safety but I think he can play corner Good news, because he's who I had in at number three. Yeah, I think the top for me, top three would be Hooker, Adams, Buda Baker. Uh, to then. be fair, Buda Baker, it's an interesting one. So why are people, when it comes to Buda Baker, who I'm with you guys, I like him a lot. Why are people? He he feels like one of those players they talk about rising draft stock. We get to linebackers in a minute and talk about the definitions of that. But he's a guy who some people are projecting right out in rounds two, three, and some people are talking about him like you are now in the top three. Why is there such that wide range on him? Not sure. To me, he's one of the top fifteen players in the in the draft. Great instincts. He's always around the ball. He's a, he's just a playmaker. He just makes plays. You know, he's I'd physical. Love to be able, I'd love to be able to shed light on it as well because he's yeah. he's got he's got. Instincts as good as any defensive back that I can remember. I think it's I think it's a size issue as well. You, you know what he is, Will. Go on. He's a football player. <laughs> he <is>. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he really That's is. Great instincts. He's a playmaker. Is fine. Players. Just calling him a football player is ludicrous. <laughs> Dr- they're all football, football players. players. That's why they're in the draft. You know I, 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 mean, I would I would exactly the same top three as Simon, but that's because. 
me and him have both had conversations <laughs> about how much we love Buddy Baker. And I, I yeah. feel like we just encourage each other along every time we talk. It's about true, though. Mean, you know, There's with a lot the, of love being felt down the line honorable, today. Honourable mentions for, for Melifonwu. I love Marcus Williams, the kid out of Utah. Justin Evans is a good player. Marcus May is a good player at Florida. Um, you know, there's a lot, and Eddie Jackson, who broke his leg at Alabama, didn't play. Uh, he's a first-round pick who's probably going to go in the second or even the third round. It's a total steal. There's some really good safety. It's an absolutely once-in-a-decade class. Right, let's talk. Uh, the next thing I've got in my pile is edge rushers. So let's move on and talk edge rushers. Um, the de facto number one overall pick in Miles Garrett is obviously the guy that is topping everyone's board when it comes to the pass rush position. And it feels like there's not a lot we can say about Miles Garrett that hasn't already been said about his first stamp, uh, stance, his first step, even out of stance, his ability to get off, his speed, his strength, his athleticism. He's he's a football player after all. Um, uh, there is some concern about his work rate after his first year. I kind of feel like, and this is my feeling on why I think the Browns have to take him as well. All of his behaviour in the build-up to the draft, how well he's interviewed, how good he does look on tape, I feel like he's the kind of player who can go into the Browns and be a proper franchise player who they can whack on banners, who they can... You know, when we when it comes to them playing out here in in, uh, uh, in Twickenham, he's the one who'll be all over the, the coverage on the front cover of the, of the, um, of the, the programmes and everything else because he's got the personality to match the ability. And... I, as far as I can see, this is the most, the easiest number one pick a team should make for both need and skill in the last four or five years. Since luck, really. Yeah, he's, he's great. And and the Browns need to start, I've said this for about three months on this podcast when we discussed the Browns, they need to start collecting blue chip players. And if you can, if you throw Miles Garrett on the edge and you've got Danny Shelton, the guy who was over in the UK last week, who had a really nice second season last year and the arrows pointing up for him Jamie Collins behind they've still got Joe Hayden you're starting to see then that they've got players on each level of the defence they need edge rushers they were I think they might have been 30th in the NFL in sacks last year and sacks aren't everything but that was very much a representative number and yeah he is the he is the top guy and but then considering we're talking 4-3 defensive ends outside linebackers uh, all of that um, it feels like one where there's been a lot of people, movers and shakers the Taco Charltons of the world have been up and down but who are the guys who you are picking out as being in that edge rush specific top three yeah well it's interesting because a lot of people say Solomon Thomas but I see him as an Aaron Donald type who would kick inside. Well, this is it. This is why I think if he goes to the 49ers with the moving to 4-3 this year, that's the perfect... uh, That's the ideal situation for him. Go inside, play that three technique. Be brilliant. He reminds me of JJ Watt in college. The thing with him is as well, what I always look for for an interior guy, his 10-yard split was one of the best in the class. His his get-off is ridiculous. And that's what Donald was as well, and that's what Donald is. And for me, he's an inside guy. I absolutely love Derek Barnett from Tennessee, and and I can I can see the arguments that you look at him and think Slow. he isn't necessarily. <laughs> you look at him and you're just like, <laughs> he's not the from the athleticism standpoint and and strength standpoint. You don't look at him and think freak like you do with Miles Garrett. He is though the kind of player that just suddenly has. 12, 13 sacks a season and, and I think we'll do that consistently he's one of them players who just knows how to get to the quarterback to me when I watch him and 
and it's no surprise he broke the sack records he did. I think I think he might have broke Reggie White's sack record in Tennessee. Yeah. Is that right? I mean, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, he um, did, didn't he? And means of getting there, and it can't really explain what he it understand, is that makes He that understands pass rush in terms of his hips. Yeah. The way that he can bend and dip and run the arc, he he understands how you do that. I don't think he's the quickest player. Obviously, he was uh, sort of had flu or whatever at the combine, but he's a you know as a good edge defender and a natural pass rusher with a lot of upside. I do like him. I mean, for me, the guy that nobody talks about essentially because he's been injured since midway through the season and, and and hasn't really done anything in the draft season is Joe Mathis at Washington, who is an absolutely phenomenal defensive end. Watch the you know I urge players to I urge listeners to watch the game against Stanford. Um, it's the single best uh, performance I've graded by a draft prospect in this year's draft. He absolutely dominates that Stanford offensive line and there, there are plays in there that you just think wow that's a top five pick play. He came out early as a junior. He's had some some injury issues but he's terrific. I, I love him. I think he's a great player and somebody's going to end up picking him in the third or fourth round and just get an absolute star. It is the most ludicrous piece of bluff and blunder over the past four weeks. The idea that at this stage of his career, TJ Watt is a better player than JJ Watt. No, because he's stiff and lacks explosion. I said the most ludicrous idea. Oh, no, it is the most ludicrous. There we go. Idea. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. It, 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 it is, was about a poorly worded question. Terrible broadcaster. JJ Watt in college was not JJ Watt. No. It's easy to be revisionist, I think. I think what the point that people are getting at is JJ Watt, the prospect, wasn't necessarily anything like J.J. Watt. Because again, we're projecting, yeah, exactly. But this is, again, it's another good class event. Charles Harris of Missouri is going under the radar. He'll be a top 18, 20 pick. He's a quick edge rusher. He's probably, could be a 3-4 outside linebacker. He's a really good player. Tack McKinley of UCLA, tall, energizer bunny type. His effort is ridiculous. He needs work on his hands, but uh, he's another really good player. Guy I really like is, uh, is small school kid Derek Rivers out of Youngstown State. He's a four-six guy, at 250 pounds, 14 sacks. To me, he's a second rounder. I mean, th- th- he's a really, really good player. But there's a lot of excellent defensive. Uh, I mean, my, my three that I had were Garrett, Barnett, and then because there, I, I feel like a bit like we had a couple of positions on the last show where there were two that caught my eye, and then a, a glut of good players, like potentially great players. Um, if we're putting Solomon Tom- Thomas in as an edge rusher, then yes, but I don't think that's where he'll play if he goes to the 49ers, which is where most people are projecting him to. Um, is there anyone else you think really does escalate themselves into that top area? Tim Williams is a really good pure pass rusher at Alabama. Tim First step is ridiculous. That, that's well, he, could like he could be like older. He could be Smith. I was going to say he's like a situational guy. He's not someone I'm too familiar with, but like uh, someone who you would specifically bring in on passing downs. That's you know, most downs nowadays. That, but... That's that's where I'd project him as an NFL player. I mean, yeah. he, he, but but the problem with him is there are massive off the field stuff yeah, with him, absolutely. which is why he's dropped like ridiculously big off the field stuff with Williams. But in terms of a talent, if you if you ask me to pick any guy in this class to just line up and rush the passer on one player when you needed a sack. He he might be up there with Garrett for yeah, me as the guy that I'd absolutely. pick. The other guy, because I'm talking about this second overall pick and, and Solomon Thomas is the guy that keeps being projected, but I'm interested to know people's ideas on moving interior here. Jonathan Allen's scheme fit, because 
as an interior pass rusher, ridiculously good at getting to the quarterback, uh, caused havoc in run defence as well. Uh, a lot of people have, we talked about who might be the best football player, pure football player in this draft. Some have uh, Jonathan Allen out of Alabama as that. Um, but what is his scheme fit? Where does he fit in? Or is he a guy that is so talented, you look at him in the top three, to top me, five, and you can... To me, he's, to me, he's Michael Bennett. He's a guy that can line up outside on early downs. You kick him inside on passing downs. He can play inside as a three technique or he can play on the edge. I, I think you've seen him at uh, Alabama destroy you know, in, interior offensive lines with that kind of athletic ability. and Just the understanding of how you play as a pass rusher, you know, keeping himself clean, keeping his legs clean, keeping Lyman off his pads and then sort of setting Lyman up and then swimming or, or, or ripping through to get to the quarterback. Great in the run game, 20 ta- 18 tackles for a loss, I think, last year. He's just perfectly scheme versatile. The issue with him has been the arthritis in his shoulders, which teams are worried about, and that may cause him to drop. But in terms of a pure athletic and physical talent, there are as few better. So, he can so play anywhere. Who comes in behind him interior-wise? Um, guys out of my list, Malik McDowell, Chris Warmley, Caleb Brantley, uh, a few, uh, and Solomon Thomas, obviously, as we've talked about, potentially being an interior guy. Uh, who else... Matthew Sherry, do you like? Um, McDowell is the is the really interesting one yeah. because if you watch some games, it, it, he's definitely the guy. Like in terms of pure talent, he is as good as any of the guys Anybody, that we mentioned yeah. as interior linemen. But and I guess he what? Is just, another injury risk. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, it's more of a that, more of a head case risk. Yeah, he's just a bit of a nut job, and and yeah. and, and the <laughs> problem with him is he. he there are clearly it's clearly obvious that he just takes takes time off in games yeah. and and sometimes for whole games. But if you watch his, if you, he's one of them players, if you put his best twenty five, he's highlight real players on it. It's it's probably the best twenty five players of any guy that you'll see. And again, he's another guy that can play outside and then reduce inside on passing downs if if that's the way you wanted him to. I mean, he is unblockable at times, and at other times he's he might as well not play. And then beyond that. I like Larry Ogunjobi. He's a small school guy out of Charlotte. Um, four years, yeah, absolutely. Four year starter. He is just an interior penetrator. A, a really big fan of his. I quite like Vincent Taylor, the kid at Oklahoma State. Um, who else is there? There's J- Jaron Jones is a bit like it's a kind of a poor man's Malik McDowell at Notre Dame. Again, some off the field issues. When he's on, he is he can be un, you know unplayable. Uh, and Caleb Brantley at Florida is a guy just an interior kind of relentless pass rusher who can. Who can really uh, collapse a pocket? I'm a I'm a big fan of his. Consistency is an issue with him, but you know he's a he's a good player. Any more for any more? I mean, you keep asking any more for any more. They've gone through everybody. Were you going to do that until? Yeah, until... Well, no. I just want to make sure that the guys have really got everything off their chest, so that later on they don't come back to me and whinge about it. Um, the, no, no, but it's not, it's are not there any more for class. any more? Dalvin Tomlinson in Alabama as well. As there we go. Yeah, there always is. That's the problem, Ollie. There always is. It's like one of my mantras. A sandwich is never complete. Think about it. <laughs> like a fine work of art. A sandwich is never complete. Um, the other position that we really haven't mentioned is the straight-up linebacker, which has kind of become 
Or as a straight up linebacker. Exactly. Well, that's it. It's, it's the it's the unsexiest position in the NFL right now. But there are two guys who have been mentioned time and time and time and time again in this first round. As one of them, uh, who again a lot of people want to call him the best straight football player in this draft, in Ruben Foster, and then Hassan Reddick, who I've regularly heard in the last week is the highest riser in this draft. It's a phrase that they love. Talk to me about these guys. Uh, Jared Davis is another one out of Florida. And, um, you know, just how high can you be taking an interior linebacker? Because Ruben Foster, comparisons that are coming out there, when you when you talk about players like Luke Keekley, that's very exciting to me, but also pretty lofty. He's a diagnosed linebacker. I mean, he is a, you know, read, shoot gaps, cut through traffic, sideline to sideline, nose for the football, really good understanding of, uh, you know, watch his film, really good understanding of where the play is going to go, a really good football instinct guy, big tackler, doesn't make a lot of plays that cause fumbles or make interceptions and stuff, a lot of off-field issues, he was involved in a, a murder when he was a, a small child, his father murdered somebody in front of him, He's had, he runs with a bad crowd, there are teams are concerned about him, he failed a drug test at the Combine, there was a rumour today that he has concussion issues. Uh, he has not had a good post-draft. And there was obviously the issue at the Combine where he had a sort of a, an argument with one of the medical staff at the the Indianapolis Hospital. He's just a really, really good player. And Reddick is a guy that was a defensive end at Temple. Um, he could stay as a defensive end, but I actually think he's probably best suited as a linebacker. Now, does he play inside or does he play outside? Because I think he can do both. He could end up being uh, pretty much like a, a sort of Swiss Army knife, a bit like um, the guy that, a bit like Jamie Collins, really. Exceptional athletic ability um, and can play as an off the ball defender wherever you want him to, really. Savvy, quick, agile. And then you can put him up as a defensive end in obvious pass rushing situations if that's what you want him to do. He's a former cornerback. You know, he was a walk-on corner when he came to Temple, so he can cover really, really well as well. He's a good player. And he could go from 10, anywhere from 10 to 25. I love it when Clancy gets one of his little tears. Oh, wait a minute last time you told me you went out and got an egg and it was already boring and <laughs> no I was none of it was boring oh. Clancy I opened another beer and got chocolate in what world was that situation boring <laughs> the, um, the Foster one's interesting because I've never seen a linebacker Keekley's an interesting because I thought when Keekley came out of Boston College he was the safest player in that draft and on the field only Foster is the safest player in this draft to me he's just Everything that Simon said is right, and but the, the off the field's major stuff. Actually, you see Mike Lombardi, the former GM slash now media guy, who also worked with the Patriots last few years, just tweet that teams from thirty three to forty five have to know what they're getting into because he's definitely going to be there. Bobby so Wagner clearly, is the, to me. Bobby Wagner is the on field comparison, and Bobby yeah. Wagner's as, as good as there is in the NFL. Raekwon yeah. McMillan. Talk to me about him. I've heard about stiff. some interesting things. St- I love stiff, the phrase kind of, stiff. From, yeah, you and, say it with such a plum. Watch the game against um, watch the game against Michigan, the the end of season game, and he was absolutely phenomenal. He doesn't always show up like that. I, to, for me, there are better linebacker prospects than than Raekwon McMillan. I have to say, I, mean, I like Jared Davis. I love Zach Cunningham, the the kid out of um, Vanderbilt. You watch the game against Georgia. I mean, he wins that game pretty much single handedly. Makes a stop on fourth and inches that will just blow your mind. Great playmaker as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the, McMillan, I don't mind. He's a pro, you know he could. 
he could develop into a three down starter. I would have concerns with him on third down at the moment. He, you know, he, he'll play. He's a, you know, he's tough at the point of attack. He's a kind of, I don't know, Von Bell, uh, I don't know, Darren Lee type. I think he's about two thirty eight, that kind of thing. So he's a decent player. And one more, uh, uh, Tyus Bowser. Just because yeah, I like the name Bowser. He's a high riser. Another Jamie Collins type who you could play as an end, who you could play as a linebacker. I think he's a 4-3 Sam, uh, a strong side linebacker who could be a, a designated pass rusher off the edge in passing, you know, on passing downs. He runs a 4-6. He's quick. He's explosive. He's got great a- athletic ability. Doesn't show up as much as you'd like. I, mean, I watched Stephen Taylor, the inside linebacker, quite a lot for Houston, and he doesn't show up an awful lot for me but I know that teams like him I mean a lot of teams are talking about potentially 25 through 45 which to me is high but he's not a guy I'm overly keen on but whatever floats your boat okay thanks thanks for that so now's the moment I have a, I have a very clear top three for this oh, go, yes, go, go, go. give yeah, it to me brilliant like that Foster Reddick who I love everything Chronicles of right and then and then Zach Cunningham who was mentioned yeah. as well from, from Vanderbilt definitely my third guy that's that's the locked in top three yeah, pretty can't argue with that. All right, we've got our top three then. Oh. And now the moment we've all been waiting for, not the mock draft, the Ollie Hunter positions of true value. <laughs> top three. <laughs> Sam Sounded Rogers. like you were going into the Emmerdale oh, theme then. I love Sam Rogers. I, now, I'm a huge fullback fan, but this guy, this, this guy, guy, he's out of Virginia Tech. Um, they're projecting maybe fourth or fifth round, but uh, he seems to do... Everything. It's a little pocket rocket, uh, powerful, low center of gravity despite being 5'11", 6 foot. Uh, he's strong. He catches the ball. He lines up as a, 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 on the end of a line um, and does a lot of blocking. He's a lead blocker. I, he does pretty much everything, Simon. Yeah, the concern for it, two things. He ran a 4'9 at the combine, which is pretty bad. And he's only about 230 pounds. But he's again, he fits into that character category of inverted commas football player you watch him on tape he's just a terrific football player he'll catch the ball all day long he'll you know he's a sort of short yardage sort of tony page for those older kind of listeners he's that kind of that sort of down by the goal line you're going to want to flare him out little slants out the backfield he is a uh, special teams guy he I, I think he'll fit in a number of offenses around the league i like him a lot and so the positive for, the positive for him as well is if if Teams keep employing broadcasters as general managers, then we might see the yeah. the fullback market keep exploding and, and more hundred million dollar contracts getting thrown out of the mix. Not a particularly yeah. mass dig that, but let's move on. Uh, uh, Ollie, uh, number two. <laughs> 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 uh, Austin Rico. Uh, he's until <laughs> we've really come into our own at this. Point. Yeah, he's a punter out of Idaho, but he's not just a punter. He's been kicking for Idaho as well. So I think it, he could um, he could double as a, a, a kickoff specialist as well as a punter. He's very good with hang time punts um, and and uh, touchbacks as well. It's just a guy to keep an eye on. We're thinking sixth or seventh round. I, I'm not expecting anything from Simon Clancy here. And my final one. The average 48 yards per yes, punt. Yes, yes. <laughs> you're right. What I want is that, uh, for him to have not researched that on the internet, but to have that written down in his notes in front and of him. It, I'll take a photograph and send it to you. And oh, so, please do. So he, Simon, he is an excellent feel for touch punts. Can you tell me the percentage of his punts that he landed... <laughs> 
inside the twenty yard line. That's this is the greatest question anyone's ever the asked. The percentage on this of podcast, punts, and I'm not even like beginning to exaggerate. Percentage of punts landed inside the twenty yard twenty yard line, and for a bonus, those landed inside the ten yard line. I, I, unfortunately, I can't tell you that. Well, I, incredibly, I have better things to do with my life than watch punters landing balls inside the twenty yard line. Unbelievably, there are people that don't. He um, he had forty nine one point one percent inside the twenty yard line and twenty eight point one percent inside the ten yard line. Uh, keep an eye out for Ohio State's Australian. I've got, I've got, I've got one Johnson. question for you. Okay. How many? What, what's the percentage of his extra points over the four years of his career at Idaho? Uh, not great. Eighty percent. No, unfortunately, seventy-six point one. Well, you know, I was rounding, <laughs> I was rounding up to the five percentile. Cla- Clancy, Clancy, the difference is he did that maths himself. <laughs> yeah. uh, was that your third? Yeah. Have you done your third? One? No, 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 no. My third one. Please uh, don't make him another punter. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, I thought, I thought the I could. The fact that he chose a punter at all is shameful. <laughs> no, well, it's not. <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's positions of power. Uh, oh, but okay. I haven't chosen a long snapper. I haven't chosen another fullback, and I haven't chosen a kicker. I've gone for a return specialist. Now, could have gone with Jabril Peppers or Odore Jackson, Desmond King, but I would like McCaffrey. you to... I Not McCaffrey, because we've been speaking about these players. They're football players. We'd have been speaking about them, so why go over it again? Huh? Okay. Don't, don't get shouty. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. Uh, TJ Logan, um, out of North Carolina, late rounds, but returns the, the couple of return for touchdowns that I've seen it, he looked really good he's really fast as well uh, d- are you expecting anything from this Simon Clancy have you seen much of this fella I have I mean he's uh, he's quick I have I love you I, Simon Clancy I've upgraded from missing you to just straight up loving you but how oh. many beers have you had over there mate it's th- I'm we're, not here. Oh. we're on to three now but they are the big bottles of Cobra so yeah. There's the, the the North Carolina have got those two Ryan Switzer who I think will be an excellent slot receiver and Mac Hollins who's a sort of low rent Ryan Switzer as a slot guy but an absolute slobber knocker of a special team. I mean he will be a special teams pro bowler in the sort of Matthew Slatery type. He is just a superb player. Um uh Logan I think is a what is he? He's 5 Eight, maybe? five, nine, it, it, okay. officially, but I reckon they've rounded it up like my seventy-six to eighty percent thing. Yeah, he's a he's a quick guy. I, I mean, to me, there are other return guys in the in the draft that you mentioned that I would rather have. But he's a sort of guy that could catch on as a kind of a third down back because he's got fairly decent hands out the backfield and and, and speed kills, you know. So, um, yeah. Okay, That's thanks, all I thanks have very on. much. Let's move on, right. Ollie. Top, top work. I am delighted that we got you to do that because it really enlightened me to three players that I will have forgotten their names by the time we finish recording. You're In fact, right. I probably already have. What was, the name of the, what was the name of the punter? I don't know, was he Australian? What? Unbelievable. <laughs> that's, that's borderline racist. That is. Yeah, that's <laughs> Again, you're out of order. He mentioned Again. a different Australian guy separately at the end, didn't you? Don't know what you're talking Listen about. Listen back to the text. He yeah, definitely oh, did. I did, I did, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Thank you. Screw you all. But it's not. that's not the name of the punter. Does that mean it's mock well, draft Screw time? you all. Oh, okay. It's mock <laughs> draft time, guy! Is there some kind of separate piece of audio or excitement we can do for that? No? Let's move on, then, and just talk about the mock draft. We've... <laughs> Uh, that is exactly how Sorry, Simon wrong, Clancy wrong is, show. is feeling right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so we're going to burn through the first round. We are not going to take 
too much time over this but we are going to be it's, it's just an idea to get some idea on needs and some idea on scheme fits even done all the exciting little bits of audio i did in the past for this that's how half fast it is i'm sorry guys yeah let's get on with it scandal so- <laughs> Uh, with the number one overall pick in the 2000 draft, Simon Clancy as Sashi Brown, or whoever it is who actually makes the pick, is the Cleveland Browns, and they will be taking... Miles Garrett. Let's move on. At number two overall, it's Will Gavin selecting for the San Francisco 49ers. And whilst I wade up between our two top defensive linemen we discussed for the sake of the injury reasons and scheme fit, I have taken Solomon Tom- Thomas for the 49ers. Anyone object to that? Agree? Disagree? You're more, more than welcome to. No. I think anybody could go there, frankly. Someone answer the phone. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely Simon Clancy. No, Matt Sherry. And he's, I think he's literally disappeared. Ollie Hunter, uh, the Chicago Bears at number three, and you're not allowed to take the punter that you've just named. Okay. <laughs> you have to take a real player for <laughs> for the Chicago Bears. They will take return specialist TJ. <laughs> no, uh, Chicago Bears. I've, I've written down here, they have needs all across the beard. Um, <laughs> but I'm going bored. Uh, it has to be. <laughs> there's there's, Simon, uh, there's uh, Matthew Sherry there. <laughs> Answering the phone. Yeah, brilliant. Um, I think it would be really Bearsy for them to pick someone with injury problems and they've gone for Marshawn Lattimore. I can uh, see a quarterback going here, by the way. I just can understand throw, that, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going there. Uh, what, if, to the Bears? If, if, the, if the Bears yep. take a quarterback, I think it should be Deshaun Watson because then at least you go from Jay Cutler to somebody who actually knows how to interact with other if, human if the beings. Bears, if the Bears don't take Malik Hooker, they are idiots. Idiots. <laughs> well, they didn't. So... Who are the Jacksonville Jaguars going to take Matthew Sherry? Um, they're going to take... Slam dunk pick. Slam that's, dunk that's, pink that's, that's, pick. That's pick. Um, I, I would... Are we doing what we would take or what, who we think the world take? Doing what we would take. Screw, screw oh. well, I, I Ryan would, Pace. It took I'd me a really long time to remember who the best GM was then. I would take Jamal Adams and say that I've got the best defence in the NFL, potentially. Was that the slam take, dunk pick? No, I think they'll take Fournette. They've got to help out. Yeah, I think, that, I think that's who they will take Fournette, but I would take Jamal Adams. That's fine. Matt Sherry's taken Jamal Adams, which moves us back to Simon Clancy and the Tennessee Titans at this point. Uh, I've forgotten who's been taken. Miles Garrett, Solomon Thomas, yeah. Marshawn Lattimore, Jamal Adams. Malik Hooker. Malik Hooker to Tennessee. They've been trying to upgrade that secondary throughout free agency in the offseason, and now they go and take maybe the best safety I in the draft. I thought Ollie's taken Hooker. No, we said he didn't. I'd have and they were for doing it. Well, it's too late now. Two oh. safeties in the top five. This is incredible. If it's complicated for us, imagine how the listener's feeling. Yeah. <laughs> the real frustration for me is that now I've got the New York Jets. And I was determined to take one of those defensive backs that have just gone in the last three. Uh-huh. And I now can't take any of them. So I am going to take... Uh, do I pull the quarterback trigger? Do you know what I should do? Is just take a defensive lineman, because that's what the Jets would do at this point. Um, do you know what? I'm going to take my boy, OJ Howard. I'm going to throw a tight end in there. I think the scheme fit... The fact that he is going to make them much more flexible in what they do. They've lost power in the uh, receiving game how is it a scheme fit 
Not as good as offensive squad, it, 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 who hates tight <laughs> He yeah. They're going to be able to adapt the scheme to whatever they want to do because they're going to have OJ Howard in there. I'm going with it. Ollie Hunter, you've got the uh, LA Chargers. This is the big one, guys. Now, LA Chargers, I was hoping to take Malik Hooker if he was going to drop that far uh, with the LA Chargers. So I'm, I'm going to put it out there that they will take them, uh, take him. Uh, but instead. Oh man! So Malik Hooker is what your is that your official gridiron show? That's the pick they will make. Well, no, it can't be because he's gone. No, no. I but mean, if Hooker's the, there, they'll take him. Yeah, right? yeah, that's what I'm saying. There. So I think no, but take we Hooker. need your official pick for the sake of look, last year. You you missed out on the Chargers for what, the first time in four years. Yeah, but I was in my head. I thought of Bosa. But I talked myself out of it. You talked yourself out of it. Yeah. It was a stupid decision. No. So let's say your official decision is Malik Hooker. Yeah. Yeah, officially, but for the purpose of this draft here now because Malik's gone two two rounds earlier picks <laughs> I, earlier bloody hell yeah if we went to the third sorry, round sorry two, two picks earlier um, best player on the board I think uh, you agree with me here Matthew Sherry is uh, Garayan Con no <laughs> 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 uh, is Alan Johnson Alan. oh that's going to make no sense <laughs> to anyone because there was a little off pod conversation let's just put it that way which means that we've Someone come around the pooch. to the Carolina <laughs> Panthers and this would be the point if I was picking for the Panthers I would have also taken OJ Howard uh, to line up opposite my man Greg Olsen but Matt Sherry is it finally running back time at pick 8 no it's it's OJ Howard's time no I've no, already taken OJ Howard with the Jets oh uh, yeah yeah you got to keep up man was <laughs> oh that when you, the phone was ringing it might have been when the yeah, phone was yeah, ringing yeah it was it was on when the, the phone, pizza yeah. guy was on the phone yeah <sighs> I think it's been Dad trying to phone me. Like he's talking to him now, trying to try to resolve the issue. Brilliant! Um, uh, a window into your life yeah. that no one needed. <laughs> Whoa! I liked Harsh. it though. I liked it. No one needed it, but I liked it. That was that's. Shows you've got hinterland, Matthew. So the pick is going to be. <laughs> Hold on, my daughter's facetiming again. <laughs> <laughs> this is a farce. Hi. It's five, Give me five minutes. It's, it's, is Farnock on yet? No, no okay, running backs are off the board. Leonard Fournette. Any thought of taking Christian McCaffrey yeah, there over Fournette? Oh, no, it's what I would do, isn't it? Yeah, no, I'm going for Farnett. Power, power this is the worst game. thing I've ever been a part of. <laughs> <laughs> this is why originally we were going to pre-pick it and then do it with some thoughts and processes afterwards. Leonard Fournette to, uh, to help out in that ageing backfield with Jonathan Stewart hitting 30 this season, which means Simon is now picking for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Reuben Foster. Reuben Foster because they love themselves a reclamation project and he's the best fit in that position at this time. Uh, I am therefore picking for the Buffalo Bills and guess what happened with the Buffalo Bills this off-season? They lost themselves their number one corner and guess what there is still a lot of on our board? cornerbacks so I am going to go with but wasn't the reason they lost it because they don't massively value it so why would they take one ten? <sighs> alright Sherry just uh, asking the questions it's a valid question it really Hurry up, is I've got to FaceTime my daughter um, I am going to go with Marlon Humphrey out of Alabama I've done it carry on well, who's picking one? Ollie is picking for the... I forgot I was in charge of this. Uh, Ollie is picking for the New Orleans Saints. Oh, this is difficult. Um, the Saints have got a lot of issues. I think I think they would like to take a running back, but 
I'm, I'm toying with Christian McCaffrey, but no, they will take Derek Barnett. Yeah, great pick, Ollie. That's Anything is possible. Like Garnett. See what it did there. Uh, Matt Sherry is picking for the Cleveland Browns with pick number two. Just to remind ourselves, with pick, with pick, their second pick, with the first pick, they took Miles Garrett. Are they going to turn their attention to the offensive side of the ball? And they're going to pick. Pat Mahomes. Oh, he's done it. He's pulled the quarterback trigger and it's like he slapped me in the face while he did it. Pat Mahomes is the first quarterback off the board. Wow. And you know what that means for you, Simon Clancy? Yeah, I'm picking Jabril Peppers just to really annoy you. You're the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because they need a safety. Good one, mate. Uh, we just lost Tony Jefferson. They did. But- mate. But come on, <laughs> every wide receiver is still on the board. Larry Fitzgerald oh, yeah, I'm is. Going, I'm going Mike Williams. Yeah, there we go. That is the right pick. Well done. And I really wanted to take a wide receiver with the Eagles at 14. And so I'm going to go on a run of wide receivers and take Corey Davis. Nice. Ollie Hunter, the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, the Colts need to need help at running back. Um, I'm toying with Dalvin Cook, but I think. Defensively, they'd like to get better, so I'm going to go with Zach Cunningham. Can I get any comments from the... McCaffrey has to go there. Do you think? Yeah. yeah. Just okay. my own personal opinion. Well, no, it's, it's not it's, happened. It's a game of opinions. It is indeed. Uh, Matt Sherry, you've got the Baltimore Ravens. And they're going to pick Hassan Reddick. Hassan Reddick. It's a position of need, considering that they had the retirement of Zach Orr in the off-season and didn't change their defensive scheme. Simon Clancy, the Washington Football Club. Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook. They'll feel that's great value at 17. We really are rushing through this to get you off and get on FaceTime. Uh, I thought we were going to really pick these apart. Uh, With the Tennessee Titans, I am going to go for... I'm kind of tempted to take... Gary and Conley hasn't gone yet, has he? No. Yeah, he has. Yes. No, he, no, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. He no, hasn't. he hasn't. I'm going to take Gary and Conley. There was some temptation. Oh, he, went in that, he went in the edit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there was some temptation what, to go with a wide receiver about. there, but I'm going to take the best corner, I believe, left on the board for Tennessee, and it's Gary and Conley, which means Ollie has the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and um, still a pretty big name running back on the board yeah maybe, maybe not the one that fits their scheme but. exactly um i think dalvin cook would have done uh given that the that doug martin's gonna miss the first three games he's been injured he's 28 uh but they re-signed jacques rogers so i don't you know <laughs> that's definitely the answer that's definitely why <laughs> that's, that's the funniest thing you've ever said on the podcast ollie so i think they need help uh, in the backfield, and a guy that will help both cornerback and safety is Obi Melifonwu. Interesting. You guys aren't even commenting anymore. I'm not enjoying it. They're so upset. Come on. <laughs> Matt Sherry, the Denver I, Broncos. I personally think they'll take David and Joku, but that's just me. Uh, Matt Sherry, the Denver Broncos. Um, I am going to go with the emotive pick of Christian McCaffrey. It's who it. plays in the same place as his father. He's loved in that that area of the country. So I'm going to go for McCaffrey. And he goes all the way down at 20. Lovely pick. Uh, you mentioned David and Joku. He's going to go to the Lions at 21 because. Um, 
they're not getting a huge amount of quality out of that position despite having picked there quite high in recent times that means Simon Clancy with every offensive lineman left on the board the Miami Dolphins are going to take Jabril Peppers <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, that was good. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, you've got the New York Giants, Ollie Hunter. I have a, oh. No, Ollie Hunter. You've picked Jabril Peppers now. It's happened. Oh, have I? Um, Jabril Peppers. No, the, the New, New York, York Giants. Oh, right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jabril Peppers went to the Dolphins. <laughs> I'm kidding. What is this? I think the New York Giants want an uh, offensive tackle. However, I think, I think they'll go for... Uh, a defensive guy in. Tack- oh, they've got they've got to replace that stiff at left tackle. Uh, that's why. With who? That's why they've gone for Garrett Bowles. There you go, Garrett Bowles. Bowles. Did we uh, did we project him to move inside, or did we say he could play? No, tackle? he's a tackle. Okay, good, nice. Uh, Matt Sherry, you've been tasked with picking for the Oakland Raiders, and their they were going ridiculous to pick- schedule. Malik McDowell because they're going to fall in love with his talent and they desperately need a player in that position who's good beautiful I think it's a great pick Simon you have the Houston Texans and it didn't even need to get to it the second quarterback is off the board and he has gone to the Houston Texans that means I am picking for the Seattle Seahawks where I really wanted to pick Malik McDowell that's annoying um Oh, this is the point in the draft I'm going to now be struggling. Um, do they take? Do you know what? I'm not even going to say they're struggling. I'm just going to take Kevin King. He's the fit. He's their guy. They're not picking yeah, him until they like, pick uh, ninety. The, the point with the whole Sherman thing is they think they can have that scheme without having to waste money or high draft picks on cornerbacks. So I mean, who who are you taking? You taking a pass rusher? You taking Takarish well, McKinley? You I'm, taking, I'm taking Forrest Lambert? Accepting that. Any offensive lineman that's got limbs is better than the five that they've currently got. Do you know what? It's a great call. The Seattle Seahawks, after some deliberation in the draft room, <laughs> have taken uh, Forrest Lamp. Well, they the do guard. love Lamp. Uh, <laughs> excellent. It's a different uh, podcast. Uh, it still works. Matt Sherry, the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, are going to pick Deshaun Watson. Love it. Yeah. Absolutely right love it. Um, just so you know, if um, the Kansas City Chiefs had been open to a trade base situation there the San Francisco 49ers would like to have offered a boatload of picks to have moved back to 27 to take to Sean Watson thank you very much Simon Clancy the Dallas Cowboys they lost essentially their entire defensive backfield Quincy Wilson quite a few good ones on the board he is one of them Ollie Hunter with the Green Bay Packers yeah, and you've you've lost you've 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 lost out on all the running backs that you liked. Yeah, I, I tried desperately uh, not to pick Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> <laughs> is that it? See, look at what he did. He, <laughs> that's why you didn't pick him earlier. That is ludicrous. That's not ludicrous. I, that's just how I feel. It'll go, man. Yeah, clearly. Um, defensive uh, backs could be a consideration. Yeah. Pass rusher could be a consideration. Defensive backs are a massive consideration. However, ridiculously. I think Green Bay, that's why they brought back Davin House. I think they still like the, the guys that are already there. Rollins, Gunter, et al. That's why they will go for someone who they love the look of. It's a Wisconsin, Wisconsin boy, CJ Watt. <laughs> he did it. He actually did it. I was wondering if someone was going to. I'm Such try- a cliche, Alex. Oh. Well, well, whoa! It's not very nice. It's fair Sorry, enough. Ali, I, I want to take that back. It's, all right, mate. it's too late, mate. 
Can't take these things back. It's on record. Uh, right, I am the Pittsburgh Steelers. They ha- got great play out of uh, defensive rookies last season, and I think they will look to continue that. I would love to have picked Jabril Peppers at this point. I think he would have been a really good fit. Um, but then <laughs> he's not available. So I'm going to take... Who's gone from the defensive line? I'm trying to figure Charles it out. Charles Harris is still there. Who's still there? Charles Harris... No, still Simon, there. he's not still there. Is he not? No, 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 he might still be there. but maybe, He definitely is. Maybe yeah. we need Charles Paco Harris Charles to, still there. to go somewhere else later on in the draft. <laughs> yeah, then oh. It could be that Ollie's picking at 31 for the Atlanta Falcons <laughs> and he's hoping... Well, that... definitely take Charles Harris. I'm picking 31, Anna. Uh, no, I've got the Falcons. Oh, I had a great pick lined up. Well, who is Hold it? On. Who is it? No, Whisper, no. Whisper in my ear. Maybe it should be Matthew. I don't know why I've got twenty nine oh and thirty one. Honestly, my daughter. No, it should be. It like... should be. But I've got. It should be you, and then Simon with the last pick. So sorry, it I'm is. On. It is Matthew at thirty one. I will take Charles Harris at oh, thirty. Good man, <laughs> Matthew with the thirty first overall pick. The Falcons have no massive holes. Their offense gets even stronger because they get David and Joku from Miami to be their great. Their, which would be great if he hadn't gone at number 21 gone. <laughs> exactly. to the Detroit Lions. Evan Engram. <laughs> nice comeback. He shot it out there. And finally, with the 32 overall pick, formerly... Oh, that's why I swapped them around, because I was going to make you pick where the Patriots should have picked and hope you'd go, well, if the Patriots were picking here... I'd have picked um, that kicker from Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> hey! <laughs> but Simon Clancy, the New Orleans Saints, with their second pick of the round, take... Buddha Baker. Yeah. Get Buddha in the first round. Woo! Absolutely love it. Look, Simon Clancy, go and FaceTime your daughter because family is more important than us messages. You've been brilliant my over the last two shows and hopefully we can get you on after the draft to react to the um, crap storm that the Miami Dolphins have drafted. I think it's going to take him poor. a year for so us poor. to uh, for him to talk to us again. <laughs> it's, poor, it's poor from you. So poor. Uh, you're a great man. Uh, I'm a you're big a great... fan, and I can't oh. wait to uh, to speak to you again. All right, pal. I'll see you soon. Thanks, gents. Ciao. Thanks, Good Ciao. work. Uh, Matt Sherry, you as well. I'm a big fan of yours. You can also sign off at this point, so you can go and talk to your dad. Um, and we, we, next time we speak to you, you aren't going to be in the city of brotherly love. Either there or Atlantic City, depending on the day. But yes, I will be at the NFL draft. <laughs> if you're going to Atlantic City, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of it, Matt Sherry. I'm a big fan of the Maybe move. tonight in Atlantic City, Willie, you'll know what I mean by it. <laughs> Sadly, I do. Um, look, I have a great one out in Philly. Uh, if you run the Rocky Steps, please, please film it for our Instagram. You, UK Gridiron on Instagram. the NFL Yeah, and Miles Garrett, when he gets picked number one overall, better go backstage and run up those steps. Yeah, I don't think he's at the draft, is he? Is he not? I don't think so. Ludicrous. Uh, so enjoy your time in Philadelphia. Get loads of great audio for us. And um, we will catch up with you after the first round to get a bit of reaction. Thanks, Matt. Good man. They Ciao. might have blew up the chicken man in Philly last night, mate, and they're just to throw another Springsteen song on. I just... And I'll be in the streets of Philadelphia as well. There's so many. <laughs> Did he sign off with this so many? It felt it sounded like his line went then. How's little Brady? Uh, Oh, he's great. He's really wonderful. You're a great man. <laughs> Matt when, Sherry. When, when are you making the trip, Ollie? Um, soon. As I said, I went round in, in a, on a, on a, what's it, a, a pitch and putt in three over. 
That's pretty good, well, man. What was the longest, Phil? 162. Yeah, it's not too bad, yeah, yeah, yeah. Should we go down the driving range next week, Ollie? Yeah, we should. You've, uh, Ollie played, uh, had a play with my clubs the other day and uh, established that because he'd learnt off his dad's clubs, who's like, who was like six foot four. Yeah, dad's six foot four. Then uh, he actually likes overly sized golf clubs because mine really shouldn't work. But were you go. any good, Will? Are you any good? Oh, no, no. I, ha- I literally haven't played golf in two years. And when I did first get the clubs, I played it for like three months and then I moved to London. And um, yeah, I-, I started to edge towards a point of being okay. And then I moved to somewhere where there's no golf courses. This is boring for people who are listening. Matt Sherry, I love you a lot. And we'll speak soon. See you soon, bud. Cheers, guys. So, one last time, the first round of the Gridiron Mock Draft is Miles Garrett, number one to the Cleveland Browns, Solomon Thomas to the 49ers, Marshawn Lattimore goes to the Bears, Jamal Adams to the Jaguars, Malik Hooker, OJ Howard, Jonathan Allen to the LA Chargers. I'm not reading it all. Do you know what? Thank goodness. We'll post it on the website. We'll post it on the website. You go to the loo and um, look, guys. uh, People will understand because they've listened to the beginning of the podcast why I need to go to the loo because I explained it at the beginning of the podcast, but you don't know why. So, uh, I've pulled back the curtain then. This is insanely confusing. Bugger. Thank you so much for listening and enjoying it. I hope it didn't get too much of a mess there when we tried to rush through the quick fire mock draft. Um, we really appreciate all the love we've been getting on Twitter at Gridiron. We will be there on draft night. We will be tweeting live myself. I don't know what Ollie's plans are, but I certainly will be. Matt Sherry will yeah, be in yours, right? the building top stuff Matt Sherry will be in the building um, and will be getting involved Uh, it's going to be brilliant we really look forward to it get in touch with us and let us know your predictions we'd love to hear from you and uh, just just thank you for for making us do this twice a week because we love it this has been The Gridiron Show got a bit emotional at the end there that was weird